Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Hannah Woodward and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Hey, Thank Dave. you, David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. But before we break open the bread of life, Tom, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts? Sure, I'd be happy to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you as we gather here to reflect on your word, that you send your spirit upon us. Help us to have a spirit of insight, a spirit of wisdom, and a spirit of openness and humility in listening to and in sharing our reflections on your word. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Hannah, do you mind giving us a little gospel love this morning? Sure thing. Uh, This gospel comes from Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For at that moment, the sound of your greeting reached my ears. The infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. As you were sharing, uh, Hannah, it said, Mary set out and traveled and and I was just just spoke to my heart. I replaced Mary's name with mine. It's like, do I set out and do I travel where the Lord wants to take me with haste, as Mary did, to bring Jesus to someone in need? Mary is such the number one. She's the first disciple of Jesus Christ to give her all in her yes, let it be done to me according to your word. But she's also the model disciple for each and every one of us to follow. So we see that when Mary, just before this, opens up to give her yes, she receives the invitation from the angel Gabriel. She says her yes, her fiat, let it be done to me according to your word, and then receives and conceives Jesus both in her heart and in her womb. And then with haste, Right after that, because we know from a timing standpoint that when she receives this invitation and says, yes, her cousin Elizabeth is six months pregnant. She receives Jesus and then takes Jesus with haste to be with her cousin Elizabeth. And then I love this part, too. She stays with her cousin the time that was necessary, which was about three months. She didn't just drop Jesus and go. So for me, what a beautiful teaching. Do I truly, you know, set out when the Lord invites me to take him to somebody? Do I travel the distance necessary? Do I go with haste? And then do I, do I, do I truly 
bring the presence of Christ so that it brings joy. It causes rejoicing. It causes, you know, these things to happen in others. So, and do they see Jesus in me? So beautiful. Thank you for sharing and reading that. That just really pierced my heart. And uh, also the last line, blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. I think that line more so than anything else in this passage really speaks to my heart about the faith that Mary had and, and how the response of, you know, her cousin Elizabeth is, is to see a blessedness in her, to see a sanctity in her because, because of her faith. And, uh, for her to be able to perceive that in that yes that Mary um, said to the Lord, that the conception of our Lord would be would be uh, fulfilled in her, but also that that whole idea that Mary had, you know, the the faith, and in this case, you know, the faith to believe in the Word of God at such a deep level that it actually became flesh. It actually, and she's partner to that. She doesn't affect it. It's not through her power but she's partner to it. She's the pure receptacle in which this can happen. So uh, it's really, you know, it's the, it's the line that kind of, for me, pulls the whole thing together because it really does speak about the faith of this young girl who was totally, completely open to the Lord and, uh, and how much I wrestle with that in my own life. Uh, I'm sure we all do. So, You know, and isn't that a litmus test, the word believed here? Isn't that a litmus test to really, truly our trust or lack of trust in God as our Father. Because if we truly believe that He wants nothing but good for us, do we trust Him? And then like Mary, are we fully surrendered to God in the journey He wants to take us on? Because when Mary said her yes, it wasn't like, whoop, here's a cozy castle for you to live in, and the king's going to be born, and there's servants here to help you. No, next thing she comes to understand is that they're going to kill her baby. That's what they want to do. So her and her husband, Joseph, I love Joseph. Oh, please, Joseph, pray for me as a father. He protected them and took them to Egypt, a country that didn't even want Jews and certainly, you know, weren't very kind to them. So they went to a foreign land. So it wasn't like when Mary said her yes, everything was good in front of her. But what it was, Mary said her yes and then surrendered and trusted in God. And that's really the depth of belief, to believe that God will take her into those areas, but he'll protect her. He'll watch over her. And too many times we, we do, we, we, we fall short of that. So for me, it's a matter of prayer, Tom. Grow my unbelief. Help me to trust you deeper. And you know what the Lord says? I'll do that. And the way I'll do it is to give you more opportunities to trust me even deeper and greater. It's not like he blinks his fingers or bl- clicks his finger and blinks his eyes. He gives us opportunities to trust more, and then shows us those heavenly kisses where, oh my goodness, Lord, I trusted in you, and it went this way, I see now. So again, that word believe, I believe, is is, is really key in this whole phrase. The uh, the the other line that kind of catches my attention, uh, and you, you had uh, spoke to it a little earlier, David, when, you know, Mary set out to the hill country in haste, and... Um, I often wondered when I was younger, you know, when I was a, when I was a kid, what, you know, what was the big deal about? What was she in such a big hurry for? You know, she had to walk anyway. It wasn't like she, you know, she could drive. But uh, 
the, there's something about the in haste part of it that really brings uh, an importance to it, a sense of urgency. And the other thing that I've heard from, uh, you know, I've, I've read from theologians and, and other people who, you know, who know more about this stuff than I do, is that this idea that when Jesus um, is conceived in us, when Jesus becomes part of our life, it's important that we that we go in haste and take him to, to others, that we take him out, that we not, you know, that we not sit with him, but that that there's a urgency about us getting uh, getting out among people and sharing the life of Jesus with other people. And I found in my own life when I have those experiences, you know, of, of deep closeness to to uh, to Christ, particularly you know, in adoration and Eucharist, that. The best way to preserve those is not to continue to sit in front of the Eucharist for you know day after day, although that's not not a bad practice, but to take that out during the day, to take that out into my work, to take it out into my life, to share it with my family, share it with people at work, and just try to bring Christ. You know, when Christ is conceived, you know, in your heart and in your mind and in your soul, is to take Him out and share Him with other people, and do that in haste, because the more we sit around and think about it, the more it becomes. Uh, almost a form of kind of spiritual selfishness. You know, we're really almost compelled. If it's really Jesus in our heart, he really wants to be out there, and we really want to take him out to other people. You know, so. And, you know, this is amazing. It's about six lines out of the Bible that if you truly want to go on a journey as a Catholic or any Christian, and you want to plumb the depths of these six lines— it will take you into places you've never seen before. As a Catholic, I never knew where the prayer we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. I thought we just made that up. Then I come to realize, well, well, wait a minute. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. That's the angel Gabriel's greeting to her when he came at the Annunciation. And then right here, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. The Hail Mary, the prayer we pray, comes directly from Scripture. And, you know, it says, the mother of my Lord, Holy Mary, mother of God. The whole prayer comes from sacred Scripture, including where we ask Mary, who's fully united with Christ in the beatific vision in the heavenly kingdom. John saw her, first sentence in, 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 uh, in Revelations chapter 12, verse 1. Saw her in heaven, bodily, soul, everything, she was there. And so we ask her as our mother to pray for us. It's beautiful. But it even goes deeper because we just look at the one line right after blessed are you among women. It says this, how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth responded with that when she was filled with the Spirit. If we take that line and we go back to the Old Testament where the truth and the beauty of God's revelation of salvation is concealed and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us find where's that at in the Old Testament, we'll come to it in the book of Samuel where David, when the Ark of the Covenant was coming into the town, he says these words. And how does this happen to me that the Ark of the Covenant should come to me. Gee, is that a coincidence? No. Why? Because Mary is the Ark of the New Covenant. Everything that was written about the Ark of the Old Covenant, that no man should touch it, lest he be struck dead, 
Poor Obadiah, he tried to straighten the ark out, was going to fall off the cart into the in, off the bridge, and he was struck dead. Now it makes sense. Why? Because that was the prefigurement of Mary, hewn by the hands of man, and it was prefiguring the fact that Mary would never be touched by man because she was the spouse of the Holy Spirit. She was the ark of the new covenant. Well, who's the new covenant? Jesus Christ. How do we know that? He tells us that. He tells us that at the Last Supper. But also, there's another clue. In the Ark of the Old Covenant, there were three things. The Word of God on stone, the manna come down from heaven, chalice of, and the Aaron's rod, which represented the royal priesthood. But that was a prefigurement of Christ, who is that Word on stone, the Word made flesh. That manna come down from heaven, he tells us he's the manna come down from heaven, the true living bread, and not just the rod of Aaron that signifies the royal priesthood. Jesus is the royal priest. If all three of those were fully present in the Old Testament ark, hewn by the hand of man at the instruction of God, then in the New Testament Ark of the Covenant, Mary, who was hand-hewn by God himself in the womb of his mother, perfectly and sinless through the merits of Jesus Christ, her Savior, then if she is truly that ark that contained the living word of God, Jesus Christ, the royal priest, Jesus Christ, the manna come down from heaven, the true bread of life, Jesus Christ, then as they did in the Old Testament, the Old Testament in the Ark of the Covenant, they took the Ark into battle. So we too, as Catholics, take Mother Mary into the battle against evil, against Satan, against addictions, against everything. Ask for her intercession. It is her heavenly role. Be not afraid. It's all there in Scripture, plumb the depths, because when you start to plummet, you're like, it makes sense. There is no contradiction in scriptures. It's just an inability to connect the dots. And that's why, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You gave us Holy Mother Church, your church, that we can go to and say, help me understand this. And then 2,000 years of unchanged dogma, unchanged doctrine, it's there ever opening up into its fullness through the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. And I'm like, as I kept coming across these nuggets and nuggets of wisdom, I'm like, oh my goodness, it makes sense. That's why Catholic Church teaches Mary had one child, Jesus. And guess what sacred scripture, how many it says Mary has? One. One. It says Mary had, or it says Jesus had other brothers and sisters, but that doesn't say they were Mary's children biologically. It doesn't say that. That is a assumption. And if we trace the, the history back, it's a wrong assumption. It's a wrong assumption. So we go to Holy Mother Church. The Bible itself says that the pillar and bulwark of truth is the church, is the church. The full deposit of faith was entrusted to Holy Mother Church, and it's beautiful. So my encouragement, man, if you're a Catholic out there, if you're a Christian out there, you know, of any denomination, plumb the depths 
of Scripture and be fed and let your eyes be open, your heart to be open to the beautiful plan. God the Father chose to include Mary in the plan of salvation for all humanity. He didn't blink Jesus into the world. He could have. He didn't. That symbolizes that he also chooses to use each and every one of us in his plan for the salvation of all humanity. Mary's the model. Mary's the first. God doesn't need us. He chooses to use us just as he chose to use Mary. And let me tell you what, if it's good enough for God the Father to choose to include Mary, it's good enough for me, and it absolutely is the truth of the teachings of the Holy Mother Church, the Roman Catholic Church. Love it. Yeah. the uh, Those parallels that you brought out um, between this passage and the Old Testament, the one that I, re- I remember the most, because it was probably the first one that I heard, was the similarity in the language between the infant leaped in her womb for joy and David dancing before the ark. Uh, apparently, the word for leap uh, is the same word that David that was used uh, to describe David, and it's only used those two places in all of Scripture. That right. same word. Yeah. So there are other. I mean, there are other parallels too. So that passage where uh, the similarity between the infant leaped in her womb and between David. Um, that's just another one of the parallels that we see we see over and over again in, in the scripture passage. The similarity between the ark of God, the ark of the Lord of the new covenant and of the old covenant and the ark of the new covenant in Mary uh, is, is very clear from these passages. But the other thing too, when you were mentioning about the, the lines from this passage and, uh, and from the announcement of the angel Gabriel to Mary are what we, you know, is what our... The most of our Hail Mary is constructed from, but uh, so I'm I'm thinking about the Rosary and particularly in this year of of mercy when we talk about Mary as Mother of Mercy, we talk about her as our Mother of Mercy. We say that in the Hail Holy Queen, and how you know her intercession uh, is how powerful her intercession is with the Lord, but also to to repeat that prayer over and over again and have that kind of become. A bedrock for us as we reflect on the mysteries in the rosary, which for me, when I think about the Blessed Mother and I think about the rosary, you know, it wasn't, um, I kind of drifted away from the rosary um, in kind of my middle years, you know, 20s and 30s, um, just because I thought, you know, why why go to Mary? I can go right to the Lord. You know, Jesus makes himself accessible to me in the Eucharist, and so what's the big deal? And then uh, I, I read something by Pope John Paul where he talked about, um, in one of his letters, he talked about the rosary as being the school of Mary and that we sit at her feet and we learn from her how to love Jesus because who loves a son more than his mother? And so we look at the Annunciation through her eyes and we think about, you know, her her closeness. You know, how, how can you be closer to a person, to a human uh, and to the Lord than to have him in your womb? You know, so we f- reflect on that. And then the visitation where... You know, she she realizes, you know, what's been done to her. She realizes what's been done to her cousin. And then she sets out in haste to be with her cousin to, so they could so they can share their joy and, you know, their their um, 
their togetherness in the Lord. And then, you know, we go on from there. And what's, what was the, what was the birth like? What was, you know, then with the third mystery, the nativity. So we, we conceive all these things in our hearts and our minds the way Mary did. And we, we ponder them the way she pondered them. We reflect on the, the sorrowful mysteries. We reflect on the mysteries of light when Jesus was sharing with us, you know, the, the new covenant, the, you know, the wisdom of, of, of the word of God. And we reflect on all those things through the, you know, through the meditations of the rosary and how, you know, the school of Mary is such a powerful way. And that's the power of her intercession. That's the power of her ability to be able to bring us closer to her son and for us to share more deeply in his mercy. It, she's mother of mercy, but it's not her mercy. It's God's mercy that she brings us Jesus to. Jesus is mercy. Correct. Yeah, that's that's the whole. So so the you know the, the, this whole passage helps me to remember that and reflect on that relationship that that we can grow and develop with our Lord through you know through His Mother through the closeness He had and you know, with that, His Mother. That teed me up because what was put in my heart as you were sharing is there was a little ditty out there that said No Mary, that's N O Mary, No Mary, No Jesus, but then there was a follow up, No Mary K N O W know Jesus. But you see, that has a huge theological truth in it. Mary had the free will choice to say yes or no, just as each and every one of us have the free will choice to say yes or no to God's invitation. The more we know, K-N-O-W, about Mary, the more we know, K-N-O-W, about Christ. When you come to realize, and the church fathers realize this, that Mary is the queen of heaven, the Geborah, the queen of for eternity of the kingdom of David, then that points us to the eternal truth, which is quoted in Scripture that Jesus Christ is the king. Because the Geborah, the queen mother in the Davidic kingdom, was always the mother. Because David, he had, what, about 700 wives and a few concubines and things like that, but he only had one mother. So as you go back into our Jewish roots, Jesus was Jewish, Mary was Jewish, Joseph was Jewish, the Davidic kingdom was a Jewish kingdom, they were the chosen people, and you look, you come to realize, ha-ha, here it is in scriptures, and you can look it up in Second Kings, you know, with Samuel and Bathsheba. Read the story, it's beautiful, it's a prefigurement of the tr- eternal truth, Mary is queen of heaven and earth, the queen mother, the Geborah. Why? There's only one reason, because her son is king. And here's a, I mean, it's just so beautiful. So again, no, no Mary, N-O, no Jesus. But I'm going to challenge each and every one of our listeners. No Bill, no Bob, no Sally, no Sue, N-O, no new opportunity for Jesus to come into the world through our yes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, unveils, or I'm so, excuse me, unmasks the horrific lie straight from the bowels of hell about contraception. Contraception is against life. Contra, against, ception, life. Contraception is a lie from hell because it is the enemy of our souls that wants to prevent every child he can from coming into the world to give their yes to Jesus Christ, coming into the world in and through their uniqueness. 
It's his lie. He's the one that wants to limit, limit the number of beautiful Christians in the world. And we have fallen prey to that in the Catholic Church, in the Protestant churches, throughout the world. We have chosen through our own free will to eat of the fruit of the tree of good and evil because when we shut our bedroom door, we decide and we choose life, death. We choose. And that's not correct because we are choosing to do what? Just as Eve thought she could be, be like God. She could choose. So again, ladies and gentlemen, plumb the depths of Scripture. People will ask the question, well, when does life begin? It's right here. Go just before this. It's beautiful. It tells us. Mary said her yes. Her cousin Elizabeth was six months pregnant. She with haste went to her. When she got there, Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist jumped, leaped in her womb, and Mary, and Elizabeth proclaims, how is it the mother of my Lord? She knew that Mary was with child, and it was the mother, she was the mother of Jesus Christ. So the timing is conception begins immediately when it's the uniting of the egg and the sperm, and then God unites the soul. That's it. It's right here in sacred scripture. So again, I encourage everybody, continue to plumb the depths with the, with the Holy Spirit and dig deep. It is beautiful because the enemy of our souls is now killing, killing the baby Jesus within the manger of the womb, the manger of the womb, and we're allowing it. We're not shouting loud enough. We're not standing. We're not saying no more. Every baby, every baby, Mary, did you know? Every baby is an opportunity for Christ to come into the world in that baby's uniqueness. Wake up, shout it from the highest mountaintops so that this country, this country can turn away from its sins and turn back to God for his mercy. Also, when you were talking about also, David, the, uh, the, the parallels, the other thing that occurred to me um, that I've read is that all of the, you know, the, the, the position that we have with the Blessed Mother in, in, uh, in dogma and, and uh, doctrine was all as a result of understanding who Jesus is. And then in order to understand who he is, sometime we had to go back and look at what does the Mother of God mean if we talk about Jesus as truly human. You know, she wasn't defined as the mother of God until we had to discover, uh, you know, out of Scripture how how Jesus was truly man. So that's really the relationship between him and his mother defines his human—helps to define his humanity. That's where she became important to us in the early stages of our church, so. Awesome. Everybody, say your fiat. Be all in. Let it be done to me according to your world, your word, and let's change the world. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 
Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.